Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a Triad production. I'm your host, Dr. Graham Taylor. In our show, we'll be resuming our conversation with Dr. Jeannie Stanley, founder and CEO of Watershed Counseling and Consultation, and Dr. Theo Burns, a licensed psychologist and professor in the graduate counseling program at the University of Southern California. In our last episode, we discussed the best practices of the graduate school application process and guidance on where to start. We listed off some questions to ask yourself to help create a list of needs and wants as you look at your graduate programs. We also discussed the importance of knowing when graduate school is the right time for you. We'll resume our talk today by discussing the admissions interview and the coaching that they do to help students feel secure and be successful during this interview process. In terms of the admissions interview, what are you seeing those being like? Take us behind the curtain. And also, what are you doing to kind of coach up some of the students going into these interviews to make them feel secure and help them be successful? So those admissions interviews actually vary a lot depending on the program. And so I like to really inform students that they should really anticipate a variety of different possibilities. It could be an all-day interview where there's multiple kind of components where you're meeting with different people. It could be a really short interview where the entire interview is a group interview, where they're with a group of other applicants and one or two faculty members. And so regardless of what the format of that interview, for me, interview prep really focuses on what are the parts of you that you want people to know and help stand out? So what are the things that you're wanting people to know about who you are? Because I think there's often this kind of myth that in order to do well in an interview, I have to find the quote unquote right answer that the interviewer is looking for and give them that that answer. And for me, I actually dial it back and say, that you're doing as much conveying as who you are. And you're also trying to figure out if this is the right program. Like you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. So what are the ways with kind of humility and respect that you're kind of providing a lot of information about you, but you're also asking questions to make sure that this is the right fit for you. And the type of questions that folks are asking are kind of conveying that seriousness that Dr. Stanley was talking about earlier, that the applicant wants to be there. So I do a lot of prep around how are you conveying why you chose this program? So I usually tell applicants, it's probably a good idea when you go to an interview to have some sort of an answer semi-prepared around why this program and why now? And not to necessarily just regurgitate what they wrote in their application, but to really help them think about what is it about this program that's attractive to me? Is it a philosophy? Is it the type of courses that you're taking? Is it the experiential component that happens at a certain point within the program? So really being able to have that prepared as they go into that interview. That's really good. Those are really some great points in there, Theo. Just for fun, each of you, share with us what your interview process was going into your graduate school. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. 
What was that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Theo, what was your Yes, I do. Oh. The world so, has changed. Go ahead, T. Yeah, no. I So I actually did my master's and my doctorate at two different institutions. And my master's interview was a group interview with seven or eight other folks yeah. where the interviewers were asking us a series of questions. And I remember being really nervous, but I had a really great advisor who really helped me think about the need to pay attention to group dynamics in a group interview and making sure little things like, was I always answering a question first? Was I making sure that I was listening to other candidates? And so it was as much about me being interviewed as it was me being able to kind of play nice with other people. My doctoral interview was a day long and there were multiple components. So I was interviewed by a faculty mentor, by the chair of the program, by a group of students, by the director of training. And there were kind of a series of different interviews that were all a part of a long process. And one of the best pieces of advice that I got was, it's not just about what you bring into the interview, but it's also the physical things that you need with you. So on those day longs, I brought a notebook and while I was walking in between, I would like furiously write notes so that I would remember stuff because after a day, oh, yeah. things get really saturated. <laughs> you get a um, and then yeah. just little things like I brought a granola bar. <laughs> Because I wasn't sure how much energy I was going to have. And being on for six hours, it takes a lot of energy for some of us. And so you need little things. <laughs> Absolutely. I said at the beginning of the show, a lot of times, and this is just kind of a natural naivete and kind of an ignorance of the process. We don't know what we may not know right. about what this process is going to entail. And I really am pleased that you're walking us through this piece as well, because this is where counseling like what you guys are, are are providing lets people know things that they would not even think to think about, but sets them up for success nonetheless. So I, that's that, that's quite a grueling process, Theo. Jeannie, how about you? Just real quick, what was your interview process like? Mine was night and day. My my master's was the traditional groups and the interviews and so forth. When I went for my doctorate, it was one on one with one professor, and he it was the end of the day, and he said, "I'm tired." You all look the same on paper to me. You all have great grades. Tell me one thing that's going to make you stand out. And I remember that moment thinking, okay, he wants me to be authentic. I'm not, yeah. you know, I had all that list of here's what I'm good at academically. And I said, I have a fourth degree black belt. I had my first degree by 15 and by 21, <laughs> fourth degree, and the second highest rank in the country, female. He said, you're in. I love it. I said, it. what do you mean? He said, well, if you can do that, you can get through this program. I said, Absolutely. I get through this program. I'll, I will get through this program extremely well. I really so like that. You never know. It's okay. I always talk to people, bring in who you really are. Mm -hmm. If you, you played an instrument, you have a skill set that you don't mm -hmm. think, like, who would care? But it's true. After I did that, I knew I could do this program. It wasn't even a question. Yeah. So being back to this piece of being authentic is, is so important. Yeah, I really, I really like that. That's what a great question. What's going to differentiate you and what, what makes you kind of stand out? Congrats on your belt, by the way. That's pretty significant. That, that, was, that was a lifetime ago. That's but pretty I, cool. I, Dr. Burns is so correct about, you know, being in the moment and also looking at the dynamics in the room. We would watch, sometimes we weren't even listening for the, what the person said, but, but how they interacted in the group. We're in the helping profession. All the time we need to go seek supervision, consultation. If we were in a group for an interview and the person kept you know, 
bulldozing over other people or not listening because they wanted to be first with the answer. That doesn't bode well in our work. When we say helping profession, we're literally helping each other succeed. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's important to kind of highlight it's not just oh, she hit the right answers or he hit the right things to say, we can get check that box. It's the process of who the person is and how they are in relationship with other people, regardless of the field you're going to be going into. Talking about going into these various you know, programs, you also help folks while they're in the program, just in terms of you know, how to think about developing relationships with their advisors or a supervisor or how to be successful in the classroom. Talk just briefly about how to be successful once you're in. What are you encouraging? I think for me, one of the things that I often tell students who are in programs is to connect with the resources that are available to them on their campus. And so I love to ask students who are new in graduate school, have you visited the writing center? Have you made an appointment with a librarian? Have you gone to, let's say, a cultural campus community center or community-based cultural partner so that there are resources available to you so that you can not only connect with other students of your similar identity constellations, but can find resilience and sources of strength in an intermittent with your classes. So I think for me, one of the biggest pieces is helping students recognize that there's a life outside of the building that is housed where their program is, because so many students will come to campus, go in a building, be there all day and leave. And so being able to really help them connect so that they recognize all of the built-in places that can support them through their journey. I really like that. It's almost like, you know, find out where the granola bars are, you know, that are going to sustain you through your time. I, I really like that. And I think you're right. Sometimes we get into programs and we're just so focused on that building. I know I was in my master's program and I didn't kind of pursue some of the other things that could have enriched my experience in general, but also provided some support to kind of buoy me up during times that were difficult. Really helpful. Really helpful. Hey, give me some feedback. We're going to be kind of rounding the corner here, guys, and kind of coming home just in a couple of minutes. But give me a sense of the feedback you're receiving and the success that you're seeing with those that come for your counsel and receive your services as they go through your program and your, their work with you. With anyone I work with, I say, my job is to help you get in. My job is to help you get out. And it's not necessarily later on, you know, coaching them or counseling them when they're in, but to really help them build their success early and to be thinking that what the skills you're learning for the application is what same skills you're going to use when you're in a graduate program. Dr. Burns talked a lot about the research that goes on and finding out about each and every program. And, and as I said, adding the organizational pieces is quintessentially important. Our clients do really well. You know, but sometimes the problem is they'll get too many offers and that's overwhelming. And so it's reminding them, Dr. Burns, I'll go back and say, okay, but what before, again, all the shininess now because you've been invited, they want you. What do you want? Go back to what you yeah. want. And that might have shifted as you've learned more in your interview process, but what is best for you? We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Are you preparing for a licensure exam in psychology, social work, marriage and family therapy, counseling, or behavioral analysis? AATBS is here to help. We have been supporting behavioral and mental health students to prepare for their licensure exams for more than 45 years. Working with over 1 million students to succeed on test day and move on to the next step in their career. With products ranging from comprehensive courses to quiz banks and delivered live online, self-study online, and in print, 
AATBS has test prep solutions that meet every student's needs and learning styles. Visit us today at aatbs.com. That's aatbs.com. And use promo code BHT15 to save 15% off your next purchase. I like that piece because that's what you're, you're tying in there, Jeannie, what Theo said earlier, that you're also dating them. You know, we kind of come into these processes here and we don't want to be rejected. We want to be accepted. That feels better, you know, and that fear of rejection sometimes keeps us, you know, on our heels rather than saying, hey, are you going to be a good fit for me too? I'm going to be here dedicating my time, my energy, my money, et cetera. And I want to make sure that you're going to be the best dating partner so that we can have a good relationship and I'm going to get from you what I need. So I, I appreciate that emphasis on making sure that they're the right fit as well. Thea, with the, with the folks that you're walking through and, and, and taking through this process, what are you hearing in terms of their feedback and their success? So I like to tell students that part of my job is to work myself out of a job, right? In the sense that hopefully you'll get to a place where our meetings become less and less frequent because your time is consumed by so many other things, like all the things that you love doing. And success for me is often measured by the applicant or the current student who during one of our last meetings says, I found the topic that I want to use for my thesis or dissertation, and I'm so excited. And all I can do is read all of these articles, right? So there's a real connection to the learning process because that person has felt supported. They feel like they're in the right place and they feel as though their courses are really speaking to the why that you spoke about earlier. And that for me is just the best measure of success that as the, the kind of sunset happens on our professional relationship that these folks are really feeling connected to the work and have a clear vision about where they're headed. And they may not know exactly the way that that's going to happen, but they have a connection to a passion within their respective field in terms of the inquiry that they want to create or the practice they want to deliver. That's really good. I think you might've already started to answer my next question, but I'd like to ask you both, what, what is it that you find most rewarding you know, that gets you up every day to be a part of this. You said Genius had at 10 o'clock doing this work, very work that we're talking about right now on the show. But what is most rewarding for you at this point is you're seeing yourself being able to have these folks and you're able to come alongside them in a very critical and very crossroads time of their life. What's most rewarding? It's definitely watching someone connect to what they want yeah, and watch that growth and that they're starting to listen to themselves and then they're following through on that. So it's really an alignment. We might even say kind of a align with their design. It's kind of a, helping them align or identify what the design may be and who they inherently are and what's going to be a good fit and really helping them align with that. I, I always see that as kind of a, a win, 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 where we're aligned in that way. We can't help but benefit those that we work with. And in that work, we get our greatest fulfillment. And then we get to give, you know, glory and thanks for the, for the gifts and talents and skills and abilities that we've been given, you know, to, to steward in this life. So I like that alignment there. That's really good. Theo, you were kind of nodding your head. Did you have a thought around that as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm smiling and your listeners can't see that big grin on my face because I just got the other day a a card from an individual that I worked with who decided not to go to grad school, but instead decided to become a victim support advocate at a local domestic violence shelter. And I got an announcement of her promotion to become an associate director at that center. And the card read, 
I can't thank you enough for helping me to say no. And it was like, it filled me with such joy because this was an individual who felt such pressure, like we were talking about earlier, to maybe pursue a certain career and found out that actually what she really wanted to do was to continue the work that she had been doing before she felt that pressure and just feeling really connected to her vision and passion. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. So that's aligning, that goes back. That's kind of aligning her with her design and mm-hmm. where she's going to get the most passion and joy. That's and right. Those that she's working with. That's so good. That's so totally. good. Hey, just real quick, what do you guys maybe kind of hope or have a vision for the work you're doing? Have any, any, any ideas where you'd like to have this grow or where you might like to see this in five years? I don't think growth is our problem. I think for both of us, the problem is it's, it's grown so much that we have to follow our own words of wisdom and stay within our boundaries, what we're great at. Know what, I mean, there, there are types of grad schools I don't work with because of people that specialize in they're better, they're better at. Like MBA programs, that's a whole world that people working with someone who does MBA graduate work only are really useful. It's making sure we don't burn out by ever working with too many people. So we're pretty selective in who we work with because there's only so much time in a day. And I think with COVID and any mental health provider you talk to, their their waiting lists are off the wall. And a lot of people have been closing up practice in last year because they didn't along the way say, this is long, this is this is a long haul. How do we follow our boundaries and take care of ourselves? So yeah. That being said, there's sometimes there are certain, for me, I work with uh, other programs, not just counseling and psychology. I work with other areas about medical and nursing. And, and, and for me, it's, it's the fun of staying up with how, how fields are changing. Yes. Like the, what we would have recommended a, working with a client a decade ago in a program would be extremely different now. Mm-hmm. To that, we're learners. We'd love to learn. So that's how we grow. When you say, how do we grow? It's not necessarily numbers, it's knowledge. Yeah. I like that piece of the, the excitement about growing and seeing what is kind of changing and, and expanding just in the various fields. But I also really want to highlight that self-care piece because you're talking about that self-care piece. My, my sense of both of you is that you want to bring your best selves to those that you're working with. And the best way to do that is to make sure that you guys are partaking in you know, your own self-care first, kind of your own oxygen mask before you help those around you to make sure that your best self comes from your self-care first. That's really nicely done. Theo, again, you're, our, our listeners can't see it, but you're kind of nodding your head and smiling. What are you thinking about in terms of growth? Yeah, I think that piece around being able to keep the process one where we are continuously just knowing what we can take on and what we can't. There is such a need for individualized experience and attention. And as we probably kind of gathered by listening to us so far, I think there's such a need to really be able to work with that whole applicant. And so growth for me often is coupled with the idea of not being able to really spend as much time with each person. And because I think that would really dilute the process, that kind of growth yeah. does not necessarily feel like a yeah. objective for me. But I, I agree with the idea that growth for me becomes more about examining the evolution of the application process, especially with kind of technological advances and things of that nature, to really ensure that we have the most kind of cutting edge and best practice knowledge to serve applicants in the future. Yeah, that's really good. Well, guys, we're kind of coming to a close. I would love our listeners to be able to locate you guys and to find out more about you individually and also how they can connect with you 
to possibly walk through the process that we're talking about today in selecting a graduate school or making a decision for the next steps in their lives. Share with us, each of you, if you would, share with us how our listeners can get in touch with you, learn more about you. One of my areas, grad school coaching, is under my overall practice, which is called Watershed Counseling and Consultation Services. So hopefully we can put up links yes, so it's easier will. because I love people with my Baltimore accent can hear, I'm actually saying uh, water or water. Should, That's watershed. right. So the watershed program. That's right. Uh, and so, and, and Theo is on that list as well. But Theo, you have an amazing uh, resources on your website as well for people. Yeah. So listeners can absolutely find me on my website, which is just theoburnsphd.com. There's multiple ways to contact me and to learn a little bit about my work and process, as well as some resources that might help folks begin to think about the graduate school application process. Really good. As we always do, we'll put those sites up on our site. So our listeners can go right there and click on and get to see your, your pages. You both have some really nice sites that are very informative and very clearly explain how you guys so successfully come alongside folks in the work that they're doing. Well, Jeannie, Theo, thanks so much for all you're doing and guiding our upcoming students through their career paths, whether it's going to graduate school or maybe like you're talking about, Theo, with the one student you worked with that it wasn't that that wasn't her path. And she was so thankful in you helping her be able to say no in a very necessary way. So guys, it's been great to have you on the show today. And thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having making us. Making space for us. You know, it's it's what we love to do. So to talk uh-huh. about it and think it through, it's been very exciting. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I also want to thank you, our listeners, for joining Jeannie, Theo, and me today. It's always great to have you with us. Regarding this episode, I want to remind you that it and its resources and all of our other podcasts can be found on our webpage at triadhq.com slash bht. So check out our webpage, triadhq.com slash bht, and explore our archive of podcasts and other resource materials. Thanks again for being with us on the show, and we'll look forward to having you back with us next time on Behavior Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community, and if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.